Amen. Been looking here at Sunday nights now for a few Sunday night services. It seems like this is going on longer than what I originally had anticipated with me being gone last week and then uh, a quartet being in here next week and really didn't think that would be necessary to carry it all the way through uh, the month of February, but here we go. Talking about discipleship, somebody down at Hope Sound, I don't remember which evangelist it was, but one of them was say, said something to the effect, that, have you been saved, are you saved to escape, or have you been saved to evangelize? I remember as a kid, I, I wanted to get saved to escape. All those, those bone scrapers, hellfire and brimstone that I grew up under, and I'm not knocking it. You know, we hear so many people, see so many people knocking that. Uh, and yes, some of it may have been over the top. Some of it, I don't know. But I'm glad I grew up in the era and the environment that I grew up in. Yeah, my dad was hard on me, but as I look back, I know he needed to be hard on me. And of all the whippings that I got that I didn't deserve, he said, and I might have to agree with him now that he's gone, that there were probably a bunch more than that that I didn't get, that I did deserve. So, you know, we can place ourselves into the victim mode for anything and everything. But anyway, but I did. I got saved because I, I wanted to escape. I'm glad for the day, though, that when it dawned on me, when I realized that there's more than just escaping, there's the necessity of evangelizing. God has called us to be witnesses. God has called us to be witnesses. We're going to look at that again this evening just briefly here, just looking at a few different passages of Scripture, making a few comments in in between. You know what I mean by a few comments, but... um, try our best to move through it quickly. Let's bow our heads for prayer this evening. Father, thank you for your blessings today, your presence. Thank you, Father, for the victories. And even though there's times that we feel the enemy fighting, we see the enemy fighting, we understand that he is not happy. Thank you, Lord, for the, the power that you have and that we can rest in your power. We can trust in you. And now, Father, I pray that you would give us that anointing that is needed as we look into your word. We want to look into your word. We want to hear from your word. Speak to us, I pray. And may your voice be heard. Hide the human as much as possible. Give that anointing for the voice of the Holy Spirit to be heard as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to begin. Luke chapter 24 is where we'll go. Uh, after that, although we're going to take a little detour into the book of Ephesians, but Luke 24 and then finishing up in John chapter 20. I noticed last week that Ron Stevens kind of did the same thing, just uh, gave you several verses to mark as we, as he went through it. And I couldn't tell by the recording, but it sounded almost like he was, uh, and I think somebody said, as I asked him about it, that he had nearly all of those me- verses memorized. And 
and didn't have to look at his notes. Well, that makes some of us a little bit envious, a little bit... Uh, uh, well, it's amazing, amazing how God has touched Ron Stevens' mind. You hear his testimony and understand how dark his mind, how crippled his mind was, and yet he's able to stand and preach word after word. No end of the volume. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 16. Again, be reminded that we're looking at being a disciple. Verse 16, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when, he, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus spake, or came and spake unto them, saying, Get a hold of this. This is the words of Christ. Whatever was going on, Jesus plants this statement right into the middle of that scene. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. If you heard somebody say that the enemy, that Satan is the prince in the power of the air, and it makes it sound as though he has the full control of what is going on, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Is it safe to assume from that statement that anywhere between earth and heaven that he also has the power? I think we can assume that. I think that we can believe that. You say, well, why are we stopping here at this verse? Because I believe that this verse is vital in our spiritual lives, especially as we look at being a disciple. Because you and I cannot be the disciple that he wants us to be as we follow through with what he instructs his disciple without the understanding that there is all power behind our witness. In other words, if you plant the seed, God has the power to make that seed grow. He just wants us to be a a seed planter and and a seed waterer. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Then the next verse, immediately we hear him say, Go ye therefore... And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Go ye therefore. Who was he talking to? Was he just talking simply to the apostles? Was he simply talking to the people that he specifically called to them, specifically called to them and said, come and follow me? Or was he talking to his followers? Because quite often we get into this thing (coughs) that we say that we can't do this and we can't do that. And we can't, you know, I can't preach like Ron Stevens. My voice wouldn't handle that. (laughs) What can't you do? Is that your focus? I can't do that. 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 Or do we focus on the possibility that there is a place for us in the kingdom of God 
to do his work and to be a disciple teaching other disciples. Somewhere along the line, there is a place for all of us. I went through some cards that I had saved up. I wasn't sure where they were from, what they were about until I opened them up. And I, I remembered those cards as I opened up the first one. Sure enough, they were all from the same time in my life when people sent a card. You know, what good is a card? It's a good fire starter, you say. It might be, but it's also a tool that the Lord can use to encourage and enrich a person's life in the middle of a dark spot in a dark time. I believe that card sharers, givers, senders have a special role and a special place. You say, well, that is simple, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's as simple as that, that a person can be a tremendous blessing in the kingdom of God as a witness, as a testimony, as fulfilling their call. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. You know, he lists a number of things here. And maybe somebody's saying, well, they, that he didn't list your specific thing. Well, he can't list everything here. Paul probably didn't even know what a card sender was at that time. But just understand that he is going through a whole list of things here, but then we find the, uh, the culmination of it in the next verse, the, the power of it in the next verse. Why is it so important that everybody has their place? Because in the next verse we read, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. There's a place for everybody. And if you do it out of the heart and a desire to be of service to his kingdom. <clears throat> Go ye therefore. <clears throat> Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse number 20 starts out with a word that I have to stop at again. Teaching. Teaching. How do we teach others? You know, he's talking about being a disciple here. <clears throat> he's talking about somebody who is teaching somebody else to be a disciple. How are we to do that? How, how do we teach? How should we teach? <clears throat> Vicky's taught a lot of people across the years, and Ashley's getting a good start at teaching, and, and Crystal has taught a lot of people in, in her day, and, and, you know, different ones. Shannon, let's see, I don't hear, I get to mentioning names and I'll miss somebody. Maybe we could have a lecture real quick from every one of them to tell, tell us how it is that we should teach. I suppose that all four of them would have a little bit of a different aspect or a little bit of a different idea of what it means to teach or how a person should teach. What is he talking about here in this particular passage in the context of the church and discipleship of how we should teach? I think Keith and Crystal have taught some people over the years. How do we teach? 
In today's evangel- uh, evangelical world, it's called discipleship. That's what it is. It's in, in this era, in this day, we hear it so often, discipleship. And I like the word. It's a good thing. But discipleship really is far more than standing behind the pulpit, pacing back and forth on the platform or the floor of the, of the sanctuary, preaching, an effort that we call preaching. It's more than that. It's actually more than standing in a classroom giving some kind of a biblical lecture. As wonderful as it is to come to Sunday school and have a teacher up front, standing or seated either way, it's more than just somebody lecturing. It's more than calling somebody to catch up to the group. Walking down the road. It's more than calling them to catch up. If you don't catch up, we want you to be a part of the group. But if you don't catch up, you can't be a real part of the group. And so the bundle of people are walking ahead and somebody is lagging behind. It's more than just welcoming them by waving our arm, inviting them to catch up. (coughs) What it means to teach is for somebody to step away from that comfort zone and step back to walk step by step with that individual. That's what it means to walk with them. And and if we could, we could have Eric Heimlich here and talk about uh, about, uh, his efforts across the years in Indianapolis. And, And so much of his effort had to do with walking together. Hey, we want you to be a part of the group. You're going to have to walk faster, though, to keep up with us because we're moving on. No, they step back to walk with them step by step. To make sure that they know and that they feel that we care and that we love them. Teaching. Teaching what? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Is there anything significant in that last phrasing there that speaks to you in in what is taking place? Or do you still feel the inability, the lack, the weakness, and you say, I can't? Then you missed a, a vital part of that verse. Vital part of that verse when we look at teaching them to observe all things is where the, he makes the statement, I am with you always. Well, how great is that? Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I am with you always. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. 
The intent of the heart is to expand the kingdom of God, to, to enlarge the kingdom of God, and, and to, to uh, share the kingdom of God. Oh, we sang about the grace of God. How can we keep it quiet? How can we keep it to ourselves? We must share the grace of God in our lives. I don't know what to say. <clears throat> Most of the time, I don't either. But if we just share what God's done, grace, grace. Luke chapter 24, verse number 44. <clears throat> <coughs> and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened, or then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Did you hear it? You and I can't make the seed grow. He just wants us to plant it. He wants us to water it. He opens their understanding. Now, he tells us what we need in order to plant the seed and water a seed effectively. He does tell us that. He doesn't hold it back from us. But he wants us to know that he opens their understanding. Verse 46, and said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. So he's telling us that that's what we're supposed to be talking about. That's what we're supposed to be sharing. <coughs> If you have your Bible open, look at verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. That's what he wants of us. He wants us to be endued with power from on high so that we can plant effectively and water effectively, that we can be a witness effectively. But it's, again, it's not in our words. It's not in what we say or how we say it that is so powerfully effective. It's in the anointing, the divine unction from heaven, the infilling of the Spirit within that gives that anointing, that effectiveness, that power. And he led them, as, led them out as far as to Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Sounds like a good time. John chapter 20. 
beginning at verse number 19, then the same day at even, evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be, peace be unto you. And when he had said so, or, or so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. None of us are exempt. We all have a place somewhere in the activity of the kingdom of God, in the activity of the church, the ecclesia. Somewhere in that frame and in that context, we have a place of ministry to do the work of a witness. Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Have you ever prayed for the breath of God to breathe on you? Oh, we sing about it. You hear me talk about it from time to time and pray for it in our services. Have you ever prayed for God, the Holy Ghost, to breathe on you? Jesus breathed on them, and then he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And then, as they waited on the promise of the Father, as a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit came. Are you a witness? <clears throat> do you have something to do? God has something for all of us to do. Not everybody's a teacher, not everybody's an evangelist, not everybody's a pastor, not everybody's an apostle. Not everybody's the janitor. But we have a place. But we first of all must, be, must experience the fullness of the power of God within us, the power of Christ within us. We must receive that power from on high, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, and be a witness for him. Being a disciple, let's stand together this evening. <clears throat> Amen. Wednesday service, regular time, looking forward to being together on Wednesday. And uh, keep uh, Keith and Jaron in your prayers this week as they travel. And others around us that are in need of God's help as well. Thank God for the power that we have, that we have available to us. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Praise God. Etta, would you dismiss us in prayer this evening?